Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Brigadier as he stops the video game The Last of Us from becoming reality in episode number 307. I'm Keith. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Well, we'll get there. Did I miss it? Now I'm paranoid that <laughs> I'm I missed afraid something. I forgot to read a story now. Well, no. The Last it's, of Us is the zombie game, right? They're not really zombies. They're more like... Spoilers. Mushroom people. Spoilers. They're like fungus. Spoilers. Taken over by funguses. Spoilers! Oh, we did read that one. <laughs> did we? I'm Sean. That's the that's the last duty. Yeah, but, uh, how's that relate to a video game? Because the monsters in The Last Duty are very much like the monsters in The Last of Us. That's the problem. I don't understand The Last of Us <laughs> reference. I, I'm glad. I'm deaf. Maybe our listeners will. Uh, sorry about the knock Maybe. on the table. I'm not as conscious about it this week. <laughs> Maybe our listeners will get it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm old. That's all I had for an open anyway, so. There's, there's, there's... How are you guys? We're I'm Leth- well. I'm well. Where Lethbridge Stewart prevents Super Mario Brothers, the movie, from becoming real life. <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> there you go. Koopas. They're mushrooms. I get it. Koopas were mushrooms? They were fungus. I don't remember that at all. Oh man, it's, it's been a long time since I've watched that movie. Good, good for you. Don't don't go back. <laughs> yeah, don't, go back. <laughs> don't don't bother going back and checking that because it's not. Koopa, worth it. I thought Koopas were the little lizards. They are, but they they were funguses in the movie. Well, because of the mushrooms, the mushrooms that Mario eats Koopas. throughout the thing. That's one of the things that yeah, that's. <laughs> I will admit, Super Mario Brothers is one of those movies that is really eminently watchable. Based on oh. how bad it is. <laughs> that's not even true. If you like watching a train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> that's not even true. I like train going wrecks back are more and... enjoyable. No, no. Yes, <laughs> train wrecks are much more I like going back watching. and watching Super Mario Brothers and going, my no. God, this is terrible. <laughs> no. And the fact that they got such good actors in it, too. Don't give anybody any ideas, either. <laughs> Did you ever see that interview with Bob Hoskins? Like I they, don't want to get sued because somebody went back and watched a crappy movie. <laughs> they, they went back and they were asking him a series of questions about, you know, what was the, the biggest career mistake you ever made? And he said, Super Mario Brothers. And what was the most difficult time you ever had Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> was there a role you ever did that you just didn't like? Super Mario Brothers. I mean, it was his answer. <laughs> Apparently, like, the, the movie literally almost killed him. Oh, like, gosh. at one point, there was a stunt that went bad, and they broke his arm, and then they tried to electrocute him. And then, it, I mean, it was wow. just on and on and on and on and on with that movie. I think I remember hearing about him almost being electrocuted on the set. Yeah. Yeah, he did not enjoy <laughs> making Super Mario Bros. Probably more so than it is watching it. Uh, Hard telling. Depends then he had, on then he had to go to the premiere and sit through it. And went, I went through that for that. <laughs> we might have to put that on the Flicks with Friends schedule. <laughs> That'd be a good one to chat about. I don't want to have to watch it again. But you got to be fresh on it, Glenn. Yeah. Fresh enough. <laughs> once is enough. Yeah. It'd be enough. a great one for the what went wrong. <laughs> How do we fix it? Well, yeah, don't make it. <laughs> Start over from scratch is how you fix it. Who are you? Mario Luigi. Who are you? Luigi Luigi. <laughs> did you guys do anything fun this week oh I got part of my out exterior elimination up 
I say part because I didn't crawl up the ladder because it was too wet uh, to do the cross the top. But I've got everything else that's down low up. So, ah. Kids were in Dear Santa. They opened this weekend, which is a really charming, really cute play that Helen Hawker's putting on. And they both did a terrific job. Caitlin's got a lead in that. And we watched... Um, I did some wrapping presents last night and watched... Uh, Mickey is a Christmas Carol and Holiday Inn. Oh, I saw it. Very nice. And apparently, great minds think alike because Mel and I also did some rapping last night and watched <laughs> Christmas movies. Actually, your post reminded me hey, I could do some rapping. And so it wasn't so much, it was more of a, oh, hey, Sean, you've got a good idea. Stealing from the greats yeah, is what that, that was. Yeah, it wasn't, it, well, we weren't in sync or anything. It was me going, oh, that's a good idea, Sean. No, we, we, we watched Hook and Lethal Weapon. So that was our, our Christmas movie nice. start. I forgot that Hook was a Christmas movie. It's been a long time since I've watched that I one. I didn't realize too. it was. It's been a while since I watched it. He put yeah, it up, and I thought, "Oh, I trust him because he's one of those ones that watches the non-traditional Christmas." It's movies. not traditional. I mean, it's it's not. It's, it's yeah. It's, a, it's set at not not in Neverland per se, but the outside the, the Neverland rest. scenes are set at Christmas time. So, so. the beginning and end are yeah. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Yes. I'd forgotten how much Christmas is in Lethal Weapon. Yeah, like I really it, I, that when, one I knew when, when, you, I think, when that one showed up. Well, under there, I went, oh, that well yeah, he wrote it. Anyway. But but, but when I think of that one, I always think you know, Jingle Bell Rock at the beginning, and oh. then that's pretty much it. It's like no, there's really Christmas throughout. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Christmas tree scene with the cocaine dealers and the it's such a great Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna do all. If you don't have cocaine, if you don't have cocaine dealers in your Christmas movie, you're not watching the movie. What are you watching uh, next? Eyes wide shut. You know? I'm in, I'm more into the when I'm when I'm wrapping gifts and things like that. I'm more into traditionals. But well, normally I, would I be... will watch things like you know Lethal Weapon or, or um, Die Hard. But you know when I'm wrapping presents, it's definitely non traditional or definitely traditional, <laughs> <laughs> not non traditional. Definitely traditional. I like to watch uh, Nightmare Before Christmas while wrapping presents. I put Christmas lights up on the house. I saw them on your uh, Facebook. They look yeah. great. Thank you. I was I, I just brightened my day. I, <laughs> I opened my Facebook and I had a uh, notification for Keith because I've got you guys set up to give me notifications. And I popped in there and I went, oh, <laughs> I like that. I've actually had been up for about a week before I took the picture because I was not pleased with how they turned out initially. Oh. I was about five feet short for the icicle lights. <laughs> so I... And you know how hard it is to find a six-foot strand of icicle lights? It's not very easy. Apparently pretty hard. Eh? I don't know. <laughs> At least not for the price I want to pay. Not yeah. a fan. Not a fan of the icicle lights. I will be honest with you. That's why they're not in my house. However, when you have a peaked roof like you have, they look gorgeous. And so they I, really I, work on your thank house. Thank you. I like them. That, I, and I didn't, I didn't put them sideways along the side because I didn't think it would look good that way. So. I agree that, that you did it. Yeah, that's, in fact, I looked at it and I was like, okay, he's done nice If you look at it right in way. person, you can kind of tell that this, it kind of worked out a happy accident that my peak kind of flattens out in the middle and then goes down on each side. That stretches the six-foot stretch. Oh, there you <laughs> and go. you can tell because it's slightly redder than the rest. <laughs> I don't know why, but it is. I guess because it's a cheaper brand. Probably. I don't know. Well, you're, the bulbs probably burn at a slightly different temperature. So yeah. You're probably getting a, more of a red hue. Than yeah. Maybe after they burn for a while, that'd be. Maybe brighter. I don't know, but it was quite a. <laughs> okay, so 
the hazard of buying these Christmas lights when they're on clearance, because <laughs> one strand we bought last year on clearance had, you know how some plug, most plugs nowadays are polarized yep. and have one wider than the other two? Yep. Not all Christmas lights are sold that way. Nope. <laughs> this one strand was. Do you know how hard it is to find an adapter that isn't polarized? <laughs> Not hard if you call me because I've got about seven because I bought them up you, because I went. You know what? I'm not going to get stuck with this again. I, I, if you have an extra to spare, I think I do. I'll have to go dig them up. If you notice, I'm not, I'm not entirely pleased with the fact that the ones on the windows and the door, you can see that the door kind of doesn't go all the way to the ground. It kind of loops up so it can connect. Yep. That's the one I'm missing an adapter uh, for. Uh, so you needed to pull that strand up so that you had a connect. Yeah, yeah, to connect. I wondered two. about that. I wondered why it went up that way on that one That's side why. and didn't on the other side. I found an adapter for that side so it could go down. Because I'll dig around. I, the extension cords, you know, it has to be. I'll dig I, around. Here, here's the problem is I had that problem years ago and I had to, I've got two of them in a, in a set of strands of Christmas mm-hmm. lights that I can't find. Oh. <laughs> Luckily I had bought new lights this year so I could put some of mine up. We uh, we have not gotten ours. Um, they, they were supposed we to have been here. done. It was dark. Yeah. <laughs> they were supposed to have been done. I wanted to do them when the weather was nice, and the it ladies were excited. supposed to get them all color coordinated and ready to go. And we bought all those light strands, you yep. know, and we um, did all the bulbs and all the different. Yeah, colors. of the I don't know ten strands, whatever it was that we had, uh, only two of them worked this oh, year. Oh no! Oh. And we went and checked every bulb, and we checked every fuse. Nothing. Hmm. So I have. All new strands, yeah, <laughs> and they're ready to go. They finally we we plugged them all in. We've got them color coordinated, and the weather turned on me. It's like I'm not getting up there, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I was all excited about Keith's, and I thought, ooh, and then Sunday night I get to go over and see Sean's, and I pulled up and I went, oh, maybe he didn't have them on, and then I got closer and they weren't even they're on. Not the even house. up yet. Listen, so the weird thing, I have presents wrapped. I don't even have the tree up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I uh, I'll freely admit I am the guy who is filling the landfills with Christmas lights because I get them out and they don't work and I'm not patient enough to check every dang bulb and I'm not patient enough to check the fuses so I set them aside I buy new ones and I throw those away and that's so wasteful I know but I just can't I can't deal with doing the one bulb at a time. Well, ordinarily, I wouldn't either. That. But I mean, we just bought these two years ago. Yeah, we, we've so had cool. them up well, but, two years. And the thing is, now there's they've dropped the price so much and they've lowered the quality of them that they don't last as long because they want to lower problem. the price. I keep buying new ones and they're cheap, and then the next <laughs> year they don't work. <laughs> I had set put up one one of our strand. I didn't check them before putting them on the because I pulled them out of a box and went outside to put them up. So I didn't think to check them. Once one chunk of my icicles, rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. <laughs> one chunk of my icicles wasn't working, and then, so I've been doing this in the morning, and Sarah doesn't want me getting on the ladder alone by myself. That's why mine haven't gone up. Part of my delay also is it's been really cold in the morning when I get off of yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, but so Sarah's mom has been coming over, and so she came over to so I could fix the one chunk. And she brought a stick, and I kind of tapped them and then turned them on. <laughs> they worked. Hey. That night. Keep the stick next to the door. I go to walk Cody. They're on. I come back. They're off. <laughs> and then they're off. You've and then the next. Short somewhere. It was a bulb loose oh. in one of them. So I just, when I got up there to fix them completely, because they didn't stretch all the way to ah. the edge of the roof, which is why I needed the five foot, I replaced that one bulb, and it's been fine since. 
Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you out there. With a zzz, zzz, and you just get the stick. <laughs> and well, back inside. And she brought the stick over, and it was long enough to reach it because it extended. I don't have one of those, so I couldn't go out and fix it on my own <laughs> without getting that. Because it's one of those sticks where you're supposed to be able to hook it up onto the lights yeah. for you. One of those. That's what I need for my roof. I probably didn't Mine's do probably my hooks right, enough. but... Did you guys watch anything other than Christmas stuff? No, not really. Any new Christmas stuff that you hadn't seen before? I'm still working on my uh, my Christmas list. We we used to go through and pull all the Christmas movies off the shelves and then stack them up next to the DVD player every year so that we had that, you know, from December on, this is your choices. This is what you get to pick to watch from. I don't care what just came out. I don't care what you're in the mood for. This is your option. And we just decided it was too much. <laughs> so I started making a list, and I have it broken down. These are Christmas movies. These are Christmas-ish movies. These are episodes of TV shows that yeah, are Christmas. Yeah, and so I've too. got about halfway through I stream through the, those because I can get all those old episodes places. I've got about halfway through my collection of stuff and just haven't finished it up yet. Sean, do you watch anything else? I'm current on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think I'm me bored too. with Ghost yeah. Rider. Me too. Uh, Let's move on to news. Okay. In news... Lethbridge, uh, the good folks at Candy Jar Books announced the next Lethbridge Stewart book, Mind of Stone, by Ian McLaughlin. Uh, then first, the final novel of 2016 uh, is sending the brig to prison for destroying a rural English village. It also brings back fan favorite Captain Knight from the Web of Fear. Yay! Yay! So... If you joined us for Friday Night Who, you have a strong recollection of who that is. I have a brief synopsis here. You'll be taken from this court and remanded in custody until your trial. Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart has been remanded to Wormwood Scrubs Prison, and his team has no idea why. Secrecy surrounds his case, but his team is barely have his team barely have a chance to process anything before they are sent on a mission to Egypt. Why does it seem like Lethbridge Stewart is going out of his way to court trouble from the prison's most notorious inmates? And why does it have to do with well-known gangster Hugh Godfrey? In the Plotoma, in a museum in Cairo, <laughs> Anne Travers and her team are, are trying to uncover the mystery surrounding some unusual stone statues, statues that resemble those held in a secure military facility in Berkshire. One thing connects these events, a mysterious cargo transported by Colonel Pemberton and Captain Knight in August 1968. So this author has written for the Brigadier before, back in 2004 for an older Brigadier in Big Finish's unit series. Oh. So that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. I'm interested to read it. Yeah. It almost sounds like it would tie into Black Eggs of Khufu. But... Well, I said they're getting ready to go to a mission to Egypt, and we know Black Eggs does take place in the future. It's so true. Yeah. Maybe this will set It that might up. be a tie-in. We'll have to check with Andy to find out. It'll, uh... Not a tie-in, but, a, you know, connected that way. Ship out uh, mid-December. Can't so wait. So soon, likely. It also features a foreword by Victor Pemberton. Ooh. Good whom, get. after Colonel Pemberton, was named. Ah, huh, good get. Very cool. Yeah. And 
there are now international subscription offers. For those overseas, you can now have get subscription offers for their, their book lines. Cool. They're expanding, growing, yes, prospering. I love Very to hear exciting. that. I love to hear that. That's it, news. Let's move on to feedback. We have feedback this we week. We have Yay! feedback. Chrissy writes, Hello, dear oh, Vort. Up, 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 up. GarageBand has detected feedback. <laughs> you may have just been a little <laughs> too excited. That. that happens to me all the time. That's because we don't have the feedback protection. We have the feedback protection off. So it's I, still recording, though, right? It's still recording. Yeah, you're okay. Just, just cancel it. So I hit monitor on. Yes. Then we should come back. Whoever caused that. Check, check, check. Keith was just a little too excited. Oh, well, feedback. What will happen is, because even with those headphones on, you it, it hears that over your mic, and that's what happens. That's That was another thing I liked about the new GarageBand, is it does not do that. Hmm. Yeah, we could probably do that without feedback protection, and that little thing would pop up. I never hear the feedback when I play it back. So It just did it when he went, Chrissy, right? And then it, yeah, so. it, it just does it. Huh. It's, Weird. It's an old feature that the new, they must have done away with the new one, realizing it was pointless. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Chrissy writes, Hello, dear Vortex boys. I seem to this every few months, get behind, binge listen on the podcast I miss, then send feedback in. I've been enjoying the podcast as always. I did start reading Havoc Files too. Totally agree with your assessment of House of Giants. That was a fun one. All these short stories are nice little side trips in the Lethbridge-Stewart line. As long as Candy Jar continues to produce high-quality stories... I will continue to be happy to give them my money. I do have to gently correct one of you, I think it was Sean, who said your Goodreads challenge was full of Doctor Who and Star Trek books. You haven't read any real books this year. You certainly did read real books. You read things you enjoyed. Reading isn't supposed to be some pre-approved list that comes down from on high and you aren't allowed to read anything except what some arbitrary scholarly thing gives you. Read classics, read sci-fi action, read fantasy, read nonfiction, read kid books. As long as you're enjoying it, just read. I thought about that. Here, here, Chrissy. That's what I tried to tell him last week. (laughs) Okay, no, I didn't. (laughs) No, I I thought about it at the time I said it because I I, I subscribe to that. I'm going to read what I want. What are you reading this week? Hardy Boys. Okay, you know, just why I'm not guilty about mine being mostly Doctor Who. (laughs) But but it's always been mine doesn't matter what you know i've been reading because it's my reading and now i'm posting it and everybody else is looking at it <laughs> and i got a little bit of the oh <laughs> but yeah no for the most part i would I agree care. with chrissy 100 percent. on the flip side you do want to kind of expand your horizons sometimes. <laughs> get some but variety the most important sometimes. thing is that you're reading yes that always gets me on a soapbox, so thanks for letting me vent about it. You're welcome. Sometimes I need to hear it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through and getting caught up again, so that's why this feedback's short. If I don't get another one out before the end of the year, I hope that isn't the case. You three have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and I'll catch you later. Take care, Chrissy. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. Good to hear from you, Chrissy. She's thanks quite for busy. Yes. Quite busy. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> Uh, you too can write in. You can go to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and send fill out the Send Us Feedback tab like Chrissy did. Or you can send it to us directly at feedback at travelingthevortex.com. 
or reach out to us on social media, Twitter and Facebook. We are there. Just search for Traveling the Vortex. We're going to do something a little different this week. We talked about doing Power of the Daleks every week. We kind of decided that <laughs> we're doing them once a week. There's not a lot happening. And so I think what we liked was the fact that we paired up episode one and two last week. And what we're going to do is we're going to hold off. We're going to do three and four next week. And then maybe we'll hold off and do um, five and six so we can do a little bigger chunk of story. Because I, I have a feeling we're just kind of, <laughs> kind of reiterate the things we said about it last week if we do it this way. So we're going to hold off and we'll do uh, Power of the Daleks part two, no, part three and four on the next podcast. I will have to say I have never noticed how much they don't move along until I watch them week away yeah, to week. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's, that's the one thing. Is, is It's certainly a different experience watching them this way. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our first review of The Creatures in the Cave by Rick Cross. Now these are the Lethbridge Stewart shorts yes. that we're catching up on. Which, Creatures in the Cave was originally released in Havoc Files 1. And we missed it. We overlooked we it. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't feel too bad about it because it's actually the prologue to Times Squared. Which is it's funny. An extended version. Which is funny because yeah, exactly. Which is funny because and I haven't I haven't I haven't started Times Squared yet. But when I read this, when I went back and read it, it seemed all very familiar to me. And I don't it know if maybe when I was reading Havoc Files, maybe I did read it and I just couldn't remember many many details of it. But I guarantee you I had not read it. <laughs> it was a surprise to me to see that it was in the book. And it was a surprise to me to read it. I have no idea. <laughs> it's new to me. Um, but yes, it, it is the prologue to uh, It's an Times extended Squared. prologue, because I'm assuming the prologue will be shorter in Times Square. A little Squared. bit, yeah. Okay. It's a little bit shorter in the book. I have started the book. So and it's I. a little bit shorter in the book, but the end of the book version is different than okay and i assume that's just the changes that they made to set up what is to come okay good Um, to know so make sure you read the book version as well oh i had intended to it's kind of neat that it's a direct sequel to the abominable snowman yeah not even direct it's it's an epilogue it picks up yeah it picks up right there as the doctor jamie and um victoria have left and yeah travis runs off because he sees the yeti so and follows it um I, I I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's... It was interesting. I'm not sure I quite understood what was happening. And it almost felt like a setup for something to come. And so <laughs> well, it's, I didn't... I, I, before I realized... Because I, I, I read this before Andy gave us the heads up of, hey, that's a, actually the, the prologue. And before I started the prologue. And I, I got the impression while reading it that it was setting up how the Yeti get into the underground. So I've never really felt like we got a thorough explanation of why and how, other than the one that we saw in Travers, or that museum. I never felt like we got a very thorough explanation of how all these yetis wound up in the underground. Because there's more than one. Travers brought one back, but but it didn't. It was Sands the Power unit yeah, for it. Yeah. So and there was more than one in the in the subways. Yeah. So I I got the impression that this was kind of setting that up and establishing. Oh yes, the great intelligence did live. This is how it kind of continues on and continues to do what it does. But what happens to Travers at the end was weird nonetheless that that is true (laughs) and that part did not make sense to me until i started reading times square okay good Good, good. (laughs) then i'll be okay with it 
because it was it was enjoyable. It was uh, how, it's how quick. Far... It's not a very long one. No, it isn't. And, it yeah, moves along really fast. How far into Times Square are you, Sean? I'm only I don't know sixty some odd pages. Okay, we've just gotten to, well. I... We've just gotten to that thing where that guy did that, you know. (laughs) The thing where that guy does the stuff. The end of this book made or the short made sense yet? Not yet. Okay, that's all I needed to know. Yeah, no, I'm fresh on it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I quite enjoyed it. It was uh, I I I really like Professor Travers' character, and regardless of knowing where he ends up and what happens to him, for the most part, especially if you consider downtime. Um, <laughs> just gotta it, keep twisting that force. Yes, I do. Um, you need to do a, a bingo card. Time. I like the. Uh, I need a flow chart. A though, new now. bingo card. I need a flow chart though too. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> every time I bring up downtown, um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, Travers. I, I just I, I thoroughly enjoy Professor Travers, and I like that that they've been toying with that character and, and how it's how it's developing and how it how how candy jar has kind of tweaked what we know of from the very limited stuff that we know of professor travers and really expounded on that and we, we they, i mean there's a lot more to do don't get me wrong oh but yeah. i like where they're going with it i think it's and it's nice cool. that we get some of the young travers because we haven't gotten a lot of that in this line so far that was something that really struck me reading it it was almost a it's not a different character but it was very much a different take on travers character because we pretty much know him from Web of Fear on well, when he's older and, and all the stuff that Candy Jar's done so far. But had you read Abominable Snowman back when Keith and I read Abominable Snowman? <laughs> or at least watched Snowman. the recons. Yeah, that's what you did watch recons. I did right? watch the recons. Oh, you did? And okay. Because I, I feel like we <laughs> know a lot of the young, uh, or, uh, young Professor Travers. Go ahead. No, you can't explain it. If you had... <laughs> As I was saying, <laughs> it felt like a different take. Because I didn't read the book <laughs> of the Abominable Snowman when we reviewed it. I just watched the recons, and you don't get as nearly as much, no, not obviously, the recon, as no. you know what you can hear. And watching um, the way he plays Travers as an older man, it's it, it's it's just different. And so that's the Travers that I know. And here he's young and foolish and charging blindly up a, a, a Himalayan mountain, chasing well, something and... without a gun or a camera or anything, and it's like. Dude, that's what's so refreshing is that it is very much the Travers that you read about in the novelization for the Abominable Snowman. I think even it comes across some somewhat in the recon as well. It, it's you get a bit more of the Travers that would go off to hunt the Yeti, as yeah. in this, like before he would meet the Doctor type of characterization. Then I think we get through most of the Abominable Snowman. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I enjoyed it immensely. I just it, it felt different to me, and it was a refreshing different. Well, this and, isn't and, a Travers I'm used to. And we are more familiar with Web of Fear Travers because it exists, and we go back to it a bit more frequently because we're often dealing with the older traveler Travers in, in these stories. In these yeah. stories, yeah, so. I would agree. I'm, I'm certainly more familiar with older Travers because of those as well. But it was neat to really feel like they still had a grasp on the younger Travers that we, you know, you get from yeah. Abominable Snowman. That's good. Yeah. I, I, I can't say much more about it other than... It, it's got that. me excited to read uh, Times Squared. I was already excited, but it's got me more excited to read Times Squared. What's the next one? Let's move on to The Last Duty. 
What'd you guys think of this one? I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I didn't like it as much, but I liked it. Um, it's an interesting way of framing a story where someone's sitting at a table talking to his aunt and trying to decide how much he can disclose because he signed the Government Secrecy Act. <laughs> and her just flippantly saying, oh, yeah, I signed that so many years ago. <laughs> but anyway, then going into this story and, yeah. and, and being dropped right in the middle of the action. That was kind of a neat neat take as well. Um, I It felt like it was trying to tug at some heartstrings, especially with that one private that, you know, is yeah. half, half transformed and the, the brigadier sort of gives him a, his resting place. And then that in, in turn basically, or gives him, you know, his dignity and, and, and you know, uh, a reason, or not a reason. Yeah, give him a reason, give him a clause. And, that, and then coming back to help our heroes at the end, I thought that was, it was neat. It was unique. I liked it. Again, not as, not as exciting. It was more of a, uh, one of those kind of just slow burn stories because it, 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 it slow burn. <laughs> that, was, that was a bad, that was a bad time. Uh, because there's, there's a, it's one of those that's couched in. There's a lot of action and then there's a lot of story and yeah. then there's a lot of action. Yeah. And so pacing wise, it was just, it was irregular, but it was, it was good. It was that is something I will agree with. I, I felt when Lethbridge Stewart is talking to the soldier and we're spending a lot of time dealing with the, the, the change and the ramifications of it. And I mean, admittedly, as you said, tucking in the heartstrings, this is a big emotional chunk of story here. In the back of my head, there's kind of this tapping foot going, there's, you, what about the stuff? Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you can't, you can't wait here. You've got things to deal with out there. Well, but at that point, they, it was pretty quiet, they thought they but, were done. Yeah. They thought they were, this was, this was the last threat. There yeah. was just something going on, but there obviously there was something percolating. But. Well, cause didn't we get the scene back with uh, the other group? You do, but where they know something's up and they go the, rushing to the you warehouse. You do, but I, uh, to me that implied that whatever Lethbridge Stewart was dealing with was what was causing the havoc. And so I just framed it in the sense that he's dealing with the last element of it. I didn't expect the the activity to be because oh, the professor okay. was, or yeah, the professor or doctor, whoever he was, yeah. was still present and was the the host. I didn't know that, so that yeah, I, I mean, didn't I didn't either. at least I didn't that didn't that didn't. When when Anne and Bishop are having the irregular readings and they're rushing to find out because they they say you know, Lethbridge Stewart is there. I equated that to what was causing them to panic was emanating from this last threat that the Lethbridge Stewart was dealing with. So to me, it was, well, I know what the threat is. It's this private that's still, you know, I mean, it was on hindsight, There's still the fungus. on hindsight, there was a lot more to worry about based on what they were seeing on their, their fungal meters. <laughs> um, but no, I, I just, <laughs> I, I didn't have that. I didn't have that. Oh, there's something, there's something else imminent. Because I thought Lethbridge Stewart was dealing with the imminent, what what, what was causing the I imminent. See. I didn't take it that way, but maybe that's part of the omnipotence of being the reader, and I'm in the know of things that Lethbridge Stewart is not. So that's true. But I liked fungus people. I thought that was kind of a cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, it's a bit, different. It's a monster. bit Last of Us, but you know. <laughs> so in that game, it's. Instead of zombies, they are taken over by fungus and pretty much just stripped away of their. Pretty much what happens in this book. An hour later, we get to the explanation. <laughs> we get to the explanation. 
<laughs> I mean, and they become very much like the ah. the guy that was. Okay. All right. So Remember now if I go through Super and play Mario that. Brothers where the turned <laughs> into the... No, no, no. <laughs> Not going there again. Okay. We're just ensuring that all stays in now. <laughs> <laughs> But, but that, that's not to its detriment because I think it's, it, not. it's such no, a I, unique I mean, thing that unlike, I didn't know about unlike, it, so it unlike the Playing Dead where it's such a kind of a trope, this idea is so fresh, pun, pun not intended, <laughs> <laughs> that it's not used so much that it seems new to if you're not familiar with that sort of game. Yeah, it was, it was, it was new to me. It felt familiar from something else and I can't for the life of me think of what it was. There maybe, aren't, there maybe that a, Jordy Verrill story with a meteor on creep show <laughs> although that wasn't really a fungus but something started growing on him and taking him off yeah what was that the last something of Jordy Verrill I can't remember what it was called I can't remember the name of it now I don't know the Stephen, Stephen King, King segment yeah <laughs> but um I didn't know that about Last of Us. I didn't know. Yeah, that. I thought Last zombies. of Us was a zombie game. So no, they, they act kind of like zombies, but they're a bit different. Well, I think that's probably it's probably been spoiled for everybody now because that's probably what you're meant to think. Go in and think it's zombies, and then find out it's fungus. Considering the fact that they just announced the sequel, I don't feel bad at spoiling well, it for it, you. Yeah, I think your, your limitation, your statute of limitations, they've on remastered is, oh, it from yeah. PlayStation Four. It's you, you, you special Sony guy. You. Well, well, well that's we'll give, the problem. Is it's a Sony game. We'll give you a statute of limitations pass. Week. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't need to play it. <laughs> no, there's whole other reasons you need to play it. But I've heard it's phenomenal. But I'm an Xbox kid, so yeah. But having not known that, it still felt fresh and yeah. original. And yeah. it, was, oh, yeah. it was cool to do something a little different because you could have easily, well, maybe not easily. I don't know about rights and licensing, but you could have easily thrown in something like. Oh, it's a crinoid, or oh, it's a this, or oh, it's a... Oh, I mean, yeah. There, there are so many, many threats other... within the Doctor Who universe that could have cropped up, and it's, it's fungus people. It's like, oh, that's something new. Uh, and they're susceptible to flamethrowers. Yes! <laughs> awesome! It's nice to have those. I know we've, we've joked about it, watching some of the old Brig stories that, you know, just once I'd like to have something that wasn't invulnerable to bullets. <laughs> and it's nice to see... To have those have stories. To, uh, you know... The, 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 the group here. Um, I can't think of the name of the, the uh, home division. What are they called? Havoc? Uh, well, but within the... the uh, Fifth Operational Corps? Fifth Operational, yeah. It's not Havoc. That's, it the, the, That's the, their Havoc. whole thing is That's Havoc. the acronym is Havoc. Yeah, well, uh, whatever... Fifth operational. I court. never thought they in story. I mean, it's it's yeah, the no, joke, but no, never they, in story have they referred to it as uh, Havoc. V is five. Fifth operational. Yeah. Corps. that's the. VOC. And then they, there's a, there's an H A. H A. And I can't remember what it is. Home something. The acronym. Or the ac- But something. within story, they've never. Lethbridge. They, they always just call it, it the Fifth Operational. Corps. Right. Okay. They never but, said Havoc. Yeah. Okay. I'm right in my thinking then. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, they it, gave us the full thing once, and it was Havoc. Yeah. That's a mouthful. You should just call it Shield. <laughs> I get the joke. I do. It's nice to see them being effective. That's what I'm really enjoying about this. That's the point I've tried to get across. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Hey, I've got a flamethrower. I can kill this thing. Yay. All right. We'll move on. <laughs> I, thought it, I just, I don't yeah. know. I just liked it. I thought it was I a fun too. little adventure story. And, you know. And I, I did like the heart of it. I did, too. Yeah. I, I, you know, like, I can see maybe for Gwen... It may have been sugared on a little too thick, but 
Yeah, no, I know, I know, I, I'm not sure. It was you know maybe I don't know. I just it, there was there was just some point where I was tapping my foot, going, "Get me back to the action." <laughs> necessarily, oh, there's something impending coming. I mean, going flamethrowers. No, I, it, 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 it was fine. It was fine. You know, I just kept waiting for Lethbridge Stewart to flame him, and he never did. So. <laughs> Uh, he ended up helping him out to the little patch of grass, and I—I I don't know—the the little patch of grass was a neat thing, but it was almost like it was too. Oh, it's not telegraphed. What am I looking for? It, it was almost too. It was a little too pad. There was just too much pad there. Yeah, I was like, uh, okay, it's ah, convenient. Somebody, <laughs> some poor guy, probably tilted himself. And I was just that, that drew, just drew out. I just—I think that could have been easier, easily truncated, but it was good. It was fine. I enjoyed it. Did anybody else make the flamethrower noise when you're reading it? <laughs> Lonesome death of Jordy Verl. Sorry, that just came to me. That was... Because yeah. <laughs> they did all through Grandfather Infestation. <laughs> Every time they fired him up. <laughs> I make sound effects when I read. <laughs> so this was set after Grandfather Infestation? I believe so. Um, I believe had, so, He had yeah. already... Uh, Requisition, what is it? Requ- uh, requisition. Requisition, the flamethrower. So they have yeah. those on hand already. So. I can tell you this. It makes me want to know a little bit more about Eileen. Yeah. That was the, now, okay, the and that's the That's the nice thing about this story. I can find a really, really positive about this is that I think this character must have been named by somebody in real life because there's a, a little honoree there. There's the an end. afterword. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the aunt is based off of her. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the aunt who was apparently in the wax, and she signed the secrecy because <laughs> she had had this... Uh, uh, she'd had occurrences with aliens as well. Um, that was neat. That was a neat little thing, and I think it's a... It, in a nutshell, it's really a way to kind of honor her, and the, the namesake of both the characters, obviously, is from her yeah. as well. So yeah, I absolutely. I liked that a lot. And there is a uh, 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 an excerpt in the in the back of this from Candy Jar that there is uh, I believe it's from Candy Jar uh, mm-hmm. Eileen's War from Eileen Young Husband yeah and so there's a, a book there that are you some can books that you can go out and learn more. nice little tie in to other things she has also published one called One Woman's War yep which I'm very interested in finding a copy of so. All right, and then uh, we're going to forego even the Fomorians. I think we had that on the schedule, but uh, we had a uh, a tip from uh, a certain uh, publisher of Kingdom <laughs> Books, everybody knows, uh, that it actually takes place after Times Squared. So we've decided, we've all read it, but we've decided to put it... It's written in a way where it makes sense it, otherwise. Yeah, but... and it, it doesn't necessarily, I don't think we have to put it after, because... I didn't read it. Oh well, we we wouldn't have to put it after because it's it's obviously events happening to characters that aren't connected in the book, but there are mentions of where other characters are, and yeah. so I think that it, it, what we'll do is we'll hold off and we'll do that next week with Times Squared since they kind of you know relate. The other one that does relate and also sort of takes place it's a it's bit taking, heavier related, but it's also taking place concurrent to yes. Uh, Times Squared is uh, the, uh, the Lost, Lost Skin, Skin. Episode, episode One. one. <laughs> Thanks again. Yeah, Andy. so <laughs> we're getting more of this. And this novella is coming out uh, episode at a time. Let's all shake our fists in the air and scream <laughs> Andy's name. I've already berated him on Facebook once. <laughs> so we all enjoyed this one. I take it. I loved this one. This was 
This, you know, this is in True Doctor Who fashion, though, where you get the first part of the story and then you get the wonderful cliffhanger and then you're like, until yeah. next time. <laughs> <laughs> so this is um, back to Havoc Piles 2, two now. Correct. So we've really kind of spanned the whole we have. <laughs> the whole year worth of candy jar stuff with this. Um, yeah, no, this was a, 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 a... It's such a great what the other group is doing while Times Square is, Times Squared is going on. Yeah. It, um, you know, the biggest problem with it is part one. It's not over. <laughs> yeah, it, it oh, yeah, ends that's, and no, it doesn't really that end. Is, that it just was kind of my, like that was my okay, fist, Where's my fist the rest the of air. it? <laughs> I can't believe that I. And it even says episode one in the title, but I still got to the end and thought, "Oh man, I gotta wait for episode two. Uh, and that one was written by Andy. Yes, yes, and uh, really. Really kind of cool that they've got this local legend of these, basically, seals that came on the shore and shed their skins and so they can frolic with humans and then they can go back off to sea. Yeah. And it's kind of... I like how it's it's couched in this really big legend that they tell the tourists. <laughs> and Samson kind of gets the, the real legend. Yeah, which is weird that I'm saying real legend. It's almost an oxymoron. <laughs> the real legend from the uh, the gal in the in the shop that's telling it, who kind of brings her Scottish is it Scottish? It's Scotland, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. brings yeah. her Scottish accent down a little bit because she puts it on a little thick for the <laughs> tourists. You get the impression, and uh, kind of gives the a little more information so that Samson can go uh, search out what's going on. In the meantime, Professor Travers, who is already <coughs> went searching for this legend. That was the other thing, the cool thing about them setting up the fact with Charlie, and we get, finally get Charlie and um, uh, Green. Uh, Larry. Larry. Larry, yeah. In the same book. <laughs> <laughs> and actually working together. Because this is something I've been waiting for for a while. Uh, and, and, and the kind of meta aspect of the fact that when I think it's Samson sees them for the first time and remarks on how similar they look. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind yeah. of cool. Um, but, you know, they're, they've got this thing going on and uh, the... Uh, who's the... Uh, is it... Oh, what's his name? Oh, help me out here. The guy that helped it's Anne the other... And, yeah, the Charlie. other journalist. No, the it's other... Charlie... And Chorley. Chorley, yeah, that's right. And Charlie is the other one that Charlie, helps. Charlie's, Charlie's the young kid. The, yeah, the young kid Moonblank. from Moonblank. From Moonblank. And they're obviously setting up <laughs> a diversion. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's kind of cool that they've they've had... It's Charlie helping write uh, Travers', Travers uh, memoirs. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool, too. Uh, to kind of babysit. <laughs> Dad. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, I, I love the bit of Anne confiding in Bishop and, you know, getting to see that personal relationship. Well, and the 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 realization that her father is becoming uh, old and senile and she's having to deal with an aging father, I think is handled really well in this as well. And then the fact that she calls, she calls Sally, right? Yes. And confides with Sally a bit. Uh over that aspect as well. And, of course, it's mentioned that her and uh, Lethbridge Stewart are in America, and that's why, you know, she has to make the phone call because she doesn't... She can't just go to Sally because they're in the U.S. Yes. with something else. So, Which is 
really nice when you read Times Squared. Oh, is it? Do you get the other side of the conversation? You do. Oh, <laughs> like that. I yeah. Like that. I really enjoyed reading about Samson. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I didn't realize it. I mean, I thought he was great in, in, in Showstoppers and the little appearances that we've kind of had with him since then. But being able to have him forefront taking the lead, it, it just the, the, the more I read it, the more it kind I was of like, hear his I mindset really, in his head, too. Yeah, yeah. I really, and, and maybe it's just Andy's got a great take on him, but I really like Samson as a character. Not that I didn't before, but I'm just, no. I'm really enjoying him. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and it's kind of fun, even though it's, it's weird that we discussed him in this order because. Well, maybe not because we went chronologically, but we got, <laughs> um, Travers in this book obviously is older Travers, and we've got kind of the, the worries of the dementia and different things that are dementia, happening. Yeah. But he's still young Travers going off on yep. his own oh, yeah. walkabout, <laughs> hunting Charging down the monster, the, down the, the, the legend. You know, so um, it was kind of a nice, nice blending of, of, of character there. Even I mean, it's the same guy, so different points in his life, right? But, right. Um, because I mean. I don't know how much we can praise Andy without it sounding, you know, self-congratulatory almost because, you know, we know he can write. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he knows he can well, write. Well, we've had the most taste of his uh, in this series. We've had the most, yeah, yeah, that's most true. taste of his writing style and what he's doing. It. And I think being one of the brains behind and kind of steamrolling this, I mean, he's, you know, the editor of the series as well. Um that helps. He certainly knows yeah. where he's steering the story, so he's going to have the strongest, I think. He's got the strongest voice of yeah. it, I think, for sure. But um, it's just it's refreshing to come back to it again and, and just hear these characters and and feel so certain that this yeah. is, you know, who they are. It's just it, it's exceptionally well done. Except for that whole ending bit. <laughs> Except for it not being done. Lack yeah. of one. That was, that was a major fail on one level. <laughs> Andy, I don't think your story's long enough, but... I... <laughs> uh, well, it, it did its job. It left me wanting more, so... All the more reason to pick up Havoc Files 3. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, I was lamenting that uh, Havoc Files 3... I have to wait a full year, but I don't necessarily have to wait a full year because Having Files 1 and 2 both came out this year. So, I mean, they've, there's only been a span of about six to eight months in between them. So. And there's been enough short stories Actually, so far. Actually, it's not even that long because I think Havoc Files, the first Havoc Files came out in April, I want to say. And then the last one came out in October. So that's really only six months there. So. And we've got the last book of 2016 coming out um, that was just announced with uh, Mind of Stone, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's presumed there would probably be a Havoc Files 3 following that. That would make sense. So maybe maybe sooner than you think. Maybe not. I don't want to put words in. <laughs> I want to because technically season two well, we got to get between Havoc, short stories to Between Havoc there. Files 1 and Havoc Files 2 was season two, right? And now season three is ending with Mind of Stone. Maybe not ending, but is at least that's part of season three. Yeah, it's a, I, I, I default to the book covers because the first series is that beige book cover. The second series yeah. is blue, and the, the third series is, is green. And I think we've only gotten two. Well, we've only got one that has the green cover, well, and we'll have another one that'll have Blood of Atlantis cover. is green. That's what I'm saying. We've only had one. Times Squared is green. 
Oh, oh, that's right. We've had two, <laughs> and then the third one, which will be the the next one that comes out, will be yeah. And a lot, and a lot of these shorts, even the Fomorians, and those are green too. Covered, uh, right? So. No, no, I agree. But I'm so, saying, uh, the, I'm saying as far as books, you know, we had we had four in series one, four in series two, but we've only had two so far out in series yes. three. So no, we only had three in series two. Moonblink, Showstoppers, Show okay, that's right, that's right. I think we got a squeezed-in book in that first series, didn't we? Yeah, I think we did. I I think Forgotten Sun kind of counts as pilot. Yeah. And then there's one, two, three. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll see that. Very soon we'll get Havoc Files. So, April probably. If not sooner. April probably. (laughs) (laughs) Easter Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Because remember, there was a bit of a gap there between... There was. Uh, what was last? Mutually assured domination and Moonblink because they took some time off there. Yeah. So I'm assuming but there, they'll but do that I'm again. I'm trying to remember if there was a gap between mutually assured there domination was. and Havoc. No, the, well, there was because Havoc came out right about the same time as Moonblink. Okay, out, right yeah, before it. Right before it, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. I think even, I think Havoc came out, I got the first week in April, and Moonblink came out like late April. So oh, okay. They were near each other, so. I don't know. We're trying to presume what their schedule will be. I suppose if you went on their website, they probably have a terrific little layout of what's coming. Well, not Havoc, obviously. <laughs> Only Mind of Stone is listed on the uh, upcoming. Yeah, so bottom line, I don't care about the books. i got to find out what happens <laughs> in, in Lost Skin, in episode, Lost Skin two. episode 2, Andy. Yes. So. <laughs> We're going to get a big old long file tomorrow after this releases from Andy that says... Okay, here's the skinny. <laughs> I hope you're happy. I hope you are sitting there in your little house with your desk and your cramped writing conditions with the biggest cheese-eating grin on your face knowing that you've driven us nuts. <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't figured it out, we liked this one. <laughs> yeah, we really yes, liked this. Yes. Good. Well done. Well done. All right, what else? Nothing. I thought you had an epiphany. You threw your finger <laughs> nope. up in the air. Oh, no, okay. but I, I, it was something else completely. Oh, okay. <laughs> Off air or on air? Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, what are we got coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up next week on the schedule uh, for Friday Night Who, we will be finishing Web of Fear uh, for parts four through six. Uh, we thoroughly enjoyed this week. We had a lot of people show up for Friday yeah. Night Who this week, so thanks to everybody who, who jumped on. Certain podcast for the table was absent. I couldn't help but notice <laughs> Um, but you missed out on a good time. And then... Um, I often read the thread after, the, the Twitter feed after. Well, then you know how much fun we yep, had. I do. <laughs> uh, then we will be covering uh, Times Squared, another Let's Bridge Stewart, uh, the book by Rick Cross, uh, which we are all reading now. And uh, as well, as, and I believe that's what was chosen as the book. That's December's book. That's December's book for the book Trouble club. Vortex. Book for the, yes. Book um, so, okay. for all the book club members who are going to be reading it, you may want to forego the bulk of the episode next week because of the spoiler discussion right. at least until you get through it all um, but uh, and then we will also have Power of the Daleks episodes 3 and 4 and we will have our review of Eve of the Fomorians since it is set post Times Squared so we're going to lump all that together for next week following that the next week we will have Revenge of the Cybermen uh, with Tom Baker for Friday Night Who and then uh, we'll be taking a look at some Titan comic stuff. We're going to do the Force Doctor miniseries and the Supremacy of the Cybermen miniseries from, from Titan. So there's a, kind of a, a 
Cyberman theme going on there. If you didn't notice the reference <laughs> of the Cyberman and the <laughs> Fourth Doctor and the Fourth Doctor, see how he did that? I saw that. That worked out well. Very clever. Not so much. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that will take us right up to Christmas Day. And so for our Christmas edition of Friday Night Who, the Husbands of River Song, so that we can kind of pick up where we left off, just in time for dun dun dun, the return of Doctor Mysterio, and we will be fresh off the <laughs> airing, of, airing of that episode. Fresh off the airing, very fresh, very fresh. We may be recording on Christmas Day. Yeah. We're not sure yet. <laughs> Glenn won't commit. Well, I can't. I, I, we'll, we'll find out. I still, I'm still planning Christmas Day. So, so and of course, the uh, schedule's posted on the, online for those of you that are interested in what's coming up. And for those of you that want to be surprised, well, spoilers. <laughs> Hopefully they've turned their iPods off right now. All right. Well, anything else we need to wrap up before we do this uh, ending? Make sure, uh, if you're not already following us on Patreon, that uh, you do are following us. Subscri- what am I looking for? Donating. Donating to uh, uh, us through our Patreon account. Uh, every bit of those donations go back right into this uh, show. Uh, they're not really subscribers, are they? I guess they're supporters. That's what supporters, I'm looking for. If you're supporting yes. us on Patreon, we appreciate it. Um, again, all that money goes back. In an effort podcast. to find new ways of saying this, you have completely you know, lost. I everything. am. Here's the thing: is uh, <laughs> a little behind the scenes here. My computer's acting up, so Sean's in the driver's seat this week, and I'm just completely all out of sorts. I don't know what I'm doing here. I, I just feel lost. Anyway, but let me tell you guys. But since we're pulling the curtain back this far, let me <laughs> let me go just a little bit further. I don't like driving. <laughs> I have to sit here with my arms crossed and the stern look on my face as Glenn hits the table and gestures wildly with his hands and makes all kinds of you know rude and obscene comments that I'm going to have to go and edit out of the show. I like being that guy. I like the, I like the passenger seat. I'm the obnoxious kid in the back, jumping up and down, going, are we there yet? It's fun to be the obnoxious kid. Yes. Hey, so. uh, no, anyway, serious, on a serious note, though, if you're supporting us on Radio Channel, we do appreciate it. And if you can help, uh, go to our website, travelinthevortex.com. There you'll find a link to Patreon, and you can become a supporter as well. I want to throw out a quick plug, if I may, for uh, the upcoming video awesomeness that I, I hope is going to be uh, awesome with uh, Flicks with Friends. For the long-time listeners, you've heard us banter that around, and it is becoming a thing. So uh, stay tuned and go find us on Facebook, and uh, you can like and uh, follow and, and all that kind of stuff there. And uh, more is coming, so stay tuned. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You hit stop. You, I hit stop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there it is. The stop button was, it was like grayed out. It was not there. Stop. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.